Hello and welcome back to The Daily Royal, a podcast covering the daily events of all the European royal families. Today we'll be talking about the events and updates from April 2nd, 2020, as well as the second part of the history of the Swedish royal family. Starting out with the British royal family, we had a couple of updates today. Um, the first being that um, in honor of the NHS's um, applause and honor of the healthcare workers, uh, Windsor Castle was lit up blue tonight, um, which is fantastic support of the NHS and all the healthcare workers that are helping to keep the United Kingdom safe and healthy during COVID. Um, and then we got a... Um, audio recording released from Kensington Palace of a call um, that the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge made to the staff at Queen's Hospital Burton or University Hospital of Monklands. It wasn't specific on which call it was on, um, but basically it was just William and Kate saying thank you so much for all the hard work that you're doing and all the extra hours that you're working to keep us all safe and healthy. Um, so that was a really great thing, and it's nice that they're still putting out um, occasional updates from um, the Queen and Will and Kate, um, as well as we had an update yesterday from Prince Charles. So that's really nice to see. Uh, but that's all we had for the British royal family. Um, so now we're going to move on to Belgium. Belgium, we had a couple of things. Uh, King Philippe held a phone call with the president of China, uh, Xi Jinping, where they talked about coronavirus, availability of medical equipment, as well as the search for treatments and vaccines um, for coronavirus. So obviously China was the first country that really became hit by um, coronavirus and where we all started to hear about it. Um, and now it's kind of moved its way, uh, I guess, into the western part of the world. Um, and so they were just talking about, you know, kind of the aftermath and what China looks like now that the worst of it for them is over. Um, so that is great for the Belgian king to have done. Um, and then today we had Queen Mathilde, who Skyped with residents of two nursing homes throughout Belgium. Um... And this is just a continuation of the emphasis that the Belgian royal family has really put on them taking care of the elderly um, that are in isolation and are, are struggling during this time. Um, and I just love to see that they're doing this kind of every day. They are making a priority to like take care of the elderly in one way, shape or form. Um, so I'm loving seeing that from the Belgian royals. Um, and there was nothing else today from them, so we are going to move on to Denmark.
British royal house today made an announcement in regards to Queen Margaretha's 80th birthday. Um, so one of the traditions of her birthday celebration is that people will um, provide flowers for the queen and also sign a um, like a guest book um, with their with their birthday greetings to Queen Margaretha. Um, so the royal household has announced or asked um, that this year, and Margaretha specifically made this request, um, that this year, instead of sending her flowers, um, that people send flowers to the elderly who are in isolation. Um, so sending them to nursing homes for them to distribute and things like that, um, as well as the messages of support for Queen Margaretha um, will be done communicated online instead of going and writing in a physical book which has been the tradition before um, so that is some great preventative measures that the danish royal house is taking um, queen margaretha's 80th birthday i believe is april 16th um, so she is making these preparations now um, because denmark while they'll start a slow reopening process around that time, will not be ready for a large group event like gathering for the queen. Um, so this is great for her to take this preventative measure um, today on the second for uh, two weeks ahead of her birthday. Um, so that is really good news from Denmark. Um, and now we're gonna move on to the Dutch royal family. King Willem Alexander Skyped in with an organization called Stitching Philadelphia Zor Zoros, which is an organization that supports people with disabilities. Um, and so the organization posted about this on their social media accounts where they talked about how nice it felt um, to be recognized by the royal family, um, even though they're not kind of the traditional what is getting recognized a lot right now. Um, and this is something that hasn't been super publicized by the Dutch royal household, um, but King Willem Alexander and Queen Maxima have been continuously doing this. They're just not always posted about. Um, so they're constantly in contact with nonprofit organizations, mostly over the phone or Skype, um, but we have seen some in-person working visits. For example, Queen Maxima was in, uh, visited the Red Cross this week. Um, and was at a garden uh, flower nursery last week um, to kind of lend her support to those organizations. So we are seeing that somewhat, but I, this is what they're doing every day. Um, so I think it's nice that it gets publicized every now and then. Um, and so that is what we had going on in the Netherlands. And now we're gonna move on to Norway. <laughs> Today in Norway, uh, Crown Prince Akun and Crown Princess Meta Marit had a Skype meeting um, where they 
talked with the Church City Mission, um, which is an organization that works to reach vulnerable people. Um, and they were specifically talking about how they have had to adjust um, and change the way that they, they reach out to people uh, during this time um, because public meetings are not obviously are not allowed. Um, so they've had to change the way they do a soup kitchen, um, and they do it on bike. It is so cool. Um, and then the crown prince couple thanked the church mission for their work and their ability to adapt during this crisis with whatever is thrown their way. Um, so that was really cool. Um, and it's nice to see, uh, crown princess Metamarit out, um, kind of working. I think this is a great way for her to work. Um, so it was really good to see her doing that today. Um, and that was it for Norway. So now we're going to move on to Spain. We have another day with another list of meetings for the Spanish royal family. Um, so we're going to start with King Felipe, who met with representatives of the Agricultural Advisory Council, uh, where they spoke about the food supply and distribution, um, which is obviously extremely important right now uh, for making sure that the people of Spain who are safe at home in quarantine um, on very strict stay home orders. Um, are able to, you know, eat and stay alive from not being hungry. Um, so that's obviously extremely important right now. So they were talking about how distribution is going um, with such a strict um, essential workers only order. Um, and then um, kind of keeping along with that theme, he met with agricultural co-ops, um, where they talked about the delays that they are facing due to the decrease of labor. Um, so a lot of their employees are considered non-essential, um, and are ordered to stay home. Um, so Spain's stay-at-home order is really, really intense. So that is what, uh, the King's Day was focused on, was food and agriculture and that sort of thing. And so then Queen Letizia had a couple of phone calls. Uh, first, she spoke with the president of the Federation of the Celiac Association of Spain, um, where they spoke about their needs for food donations of naturally gluten-free foods, such as like eggs, meat, um, milk, um, and then also like some specific gluten-free items. Um, and then she also had a phone call with the president of the multiple, multiple sclerosis foundation, um, where they talked about the fear of people who have MS becoming inf infected with coronavirus, um, and what that looks like if they are infected, because obviously like if you have multiple sclerosis or any <laughs> compromising disease, um, it is, it is a really scary time. And so their job is to make sure that the people with MS are taken care of. Um, so I think it's great that Letizia had a meeting um, with both of these organizations. Um, 
And that is it for Spain. It was a lighter day on meetings for Spain. Um, and now we are going to move on to Sweden. Over the past two days, uh, King Carl Gustav has been having some video conference meetings uh, that were published about today. Um, so yesterday and today, he has met with the chair of the Confederation of Swedish Enterprise, as well as a meeting with the Minister for Business, Industry, and Innovation. Um, and these two meetings were focused on the effects of the business community due to coronavirus. Um, so obviously businesses are being impacted a lot by coronavirus. Um, they're not able to stay open as long. They're not able um, to get as many customers if they are open because people are supposed to be staying at home. Um, so they were talking about the effects that that could have um, and is having currently in Sweden. Um, and that is it for the rundown of the daily events. Um, and now we are going to move on to the final part of the history of the Swedish royal family. So yesterday we left off with Oscar II um, and his son, Gustav, and that is where we are going to pick up. So Gustav V took control of the Swedish throne at age 49. Um, and because of the way the Swedish constitution was written in 1809, the king had full autocratic authority and Gustav took advantage of that. He was a conservative and made that known. He dismissed governments that he didn't agree with and would appoint conservative prime ministers without the support of the parliament. So that's not great. Um, and then to add to his not super popularity, um, King Gustav appeared to uh, sympathize with Nazi Germany, where he attempted to write letters to Hitler, thank thanking him and congratulating him as well as advising Hitler on how to make his image better, because that's what he needed. Just yikes. Um, so he was not a super popular king. Um, five years after the war, Gustav V died due to complications from influenza, um, and he had three sons and was succeeded by his oldest son, Gustav VI Adolf. And so this was on October 29th, 1950, when Gustav Adolf, Gustav Adolf became king, uh, and this was 12 days before his 68th birthday. So as has become the tradition for the Swedish monarchy, we talked about this yesterday, his personal motto was duty before all. So during his reign, the government was rewriting the constitution to take the authority away from the monarch and to make Sweden a constitutional monarchy like all the other countries around. This was okay by Gustav VI, 
Um, he was totally okay with this and he was very popular because of that. Um, he was considered pretty informal and modest, um, for being a member of the royal family. Um, some of his, some of the things that were noted about him is he had a series of strong personal interests, including archaeology, reading. He had 80,000 books. That's a lot of books. And apparently he had read most of them. Um, and so Gustav, the Ad Gustav Adolf had five children, uh, including Princess Ingrid, who became the queen consort of Denmark and is the mother to Queen Margrethe. Um, his oldest son and only son uh, sadly died in a plane crash even before Gustav became king. Um, so because of that tragic incident, Prince Gustav, um, who did have a son, um, was that would be eligible to inherit the throne. Um, and that was the then four-year-old Carl Gustav. Um, so he was four when he became crown prince of Sweden. Um, and on September 15th, 1973, uh, Gustav the sixth Adolf died and Carl Gustav became Carl, King Carl the 16th Gustav. He was 27 years old when he became king of Sweden. During this time, the Swedish parliament uh, had finalized the rewritten constitution, uh, which basically revoked any of the powers that the king of Sweden had. Um, so he is now purely a symbol for the country. Um, he does not have really any power. Um, laws in Sweden do not require royal approval, nothing. He truly just represents his country. So. In 1976, King Carl Gustav married Sylvia, uh, and they have three children, Victoria, Carl Philip, and Madeline. He, um, his popularity isn't super strong, uh, but people do appreciate his leadership in a crisis because he has been on the throne for so long. Um, so like right now he is a little more popular because he is handling, um, the coronavirus crisis very well. Um, and is making sure that his people are supported during this time. Um, so that brings us to literally today um, with the Swedish monarch, uh, with the Swedish monarchy. And that is it for this week of the Daily Royal podcast. I will be back on Monday where we will go over um, all the events, updates, and such from Friday through Sunday. And then next week we'll do a few more. Um, history things. Um, I know I have planned like an episode on Tuesday about the, all the consorts to the monarchs. And then Wednesday's episode will be on the heirs to the throne, uh, which is interesting because some of them are literal children, um, but we'll see what we get. Um, and then we'll see from there. I've got a couple things up my sleeve. So we will, um, get back to this on Monday. I will talk to you all then. Um, have a great day. And thanks so much for listening. Bye.